I want to get kind of right into the word today. And uh, this is just something that as I was kind of studying this and really started months ago, um, kind of just studying and thinking about it and, and the closer I got and the more I researched and studied and prayed over it, it just, I, I got to be honest, it kind of just was almost like redigging an old well in my life. Um, just this passion for young people, this passion to see God move in our city, this passion and, and, and just the, the dreams and expectations that I had when I was a young youth leader, um, just of what God wanted to do and all the possibilities that God had uh, for our area and our community. And uh, I got to be honest, I just feel like I was just redigging an old well. And so uh, I'm excited. I want to just share um, today and, and start a series. And I really got to be honest, I don't know how long because it was like, okay, I'll feel like the Lord wants to do this for a couple weeks and then we'll get into something else. And I just feel this thing's going on. Um, and so I usually don't do that, and, uh, but it's just the Lord. And so I want to uh, preach to today and start a series called Generation to Generation. Amen. How many believe that God loves this generation? How many believe that this generation is not too far gone for God to save? Amen? I believe that with all my heart. And I also believe that God is doing amazing things in this generation. Amen. You can look at the problems, but let's look at God's Word. And as you look through God's Word, you see solutions, you see answers, you see revival, you see uh, covenant, you see promise. You see God so interested in this culture, in this day, in this generation, that it just blows your mind. And so as I'm just you know, praying over this and studying about, Lord, generational blessings and covenant and, and all the things that you have in mind, Lord, I'm just so blown away. God's mind. How many know the Bible says his thoughts are way beyond our thoughts? And so this morning, I'm telling you and I'm declaring that this generation isn't dead. They're not too far gone. This generation isn't sinned too much or broken too much. Amen. That God is still healing. He's still delivering. He's still setting free. He's still raising up the church in the earth. And the church is still strong. Amen. Hallelujah. And so today, I want to just declare that we're not going to do our part in what God has in his part in the word. And that is to be a generational church. I don't know about you, but you can say you're a generational church. You can post it online. We're a multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-generational church. And just because you got a bunch of ages in your church doesn't mean you're a multi-generational church. But God wants us to be truly a generational church. He wants his promise to go from me to my children, to my children's children, to my great, 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 great grandchildren. Amen. That's what God has in mind. Amen. And you're here as a result of somebody way, way back. Amen. Having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You say, well, I don't know any Christians in my family. Listen, if you trace it far back enough, you'll find that there was someone called Abraham. Amen. And God made a promise to him and he said, I'm going to make your seed like the stars of the sky. Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. And so I'm excited about that. But I, I feel it was... Um, this message today uh, really kind of um, relates to um, really our church. And I want to put it in context of our church. 
Also, I have several different series of this already that relates to uh, leaders, parents, teens. Uh, and so also, if you're a teacher, you're a coach, you're a mentor, you're an influencer, this is really for you today. And this is really for our church. But, you know, if you're that type of person, mentor, uh, this really is um, a message to you. Um, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, and, and, and everybody, really. And so um, I also believe there's no coincidence. It's really no coincidence. I didn't plan it that way. That today is the, you know, the Little League World Series. And, and uh, over the last two weeks, we've had tens of thousands of people in this city come to this city. It's so cool for me to watch ESPN News, and they're like, Williamsport, Pennsylvania. I'm like, you better believe it. No, I'm just kidding. And, 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 you know, it's so cool. I mean, I don't know if you've watched Little League or you follow it, but uh, it's so cool because these, like, these little kids, you know, these young kids are playing baseball, and then, and then you've got the, the, the major leaguers in the stands, and you've got Hall of Famers in the stand, and it's a generational sport. It's, like, really cool, and I, I feel like it's just God that I'm kind of sharing this at that time, and, and, then, and then also last night I saw an advertisement on TV for a new game show called Generation gap or generation gap and uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to watch it kind of looks dumb but I mean nevertheless it's, it's just you know I can put all this together and say this is the Lord right anyways in Psalms 145 Psalms 145 says this verse 4 Psalms 145 verse 4 and I've read this a, a few months ago but I want to read it again in Psalms 145 verse 4 says this one generation commends your works to another right they talk about your goodness to another. They tell of your mighty acts to one generation to another. Or one will tell the next. Parents will tell their children. They'll pass on the story. Families of this time will praise your works to the families to come. Amen. One generation shall praise you to the next. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your great plan. And I thank you for your plan that goes beyond us. It's so much bigger than us, Lord. I pray that through your word today, first of all, that my mind will just be open and expanded to your plan and your word today. That, Lord, there is so much, uh, so much a greater uh, a plan that I even know that you want to move through generations, Lord. And, and secondly, Lord, I pray that you would just really kind of fill our joy up with your word. And, and encourage us as the church and build up this church, River Valley Church. Let us be stronger today because of your word and not because of me, but in spite of me, because of your word, Lord, I pray that you would build us up in the faith and Lord, we would leave this place knowing that we are part of generation to generation. We are part of the blessing, the covenant, the power, the name that has been passed down from generation to generation. And Lord, may we leave this place with a solemn responsibility and obligation and sense that I've got to reach this present generation. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. You know, uh, the problems of our culture and the problems of our generation, right, and the young people that you see today in our generation, how many know they're not new? And some of the older people are like, well, when I was a kid, well, whatever. You know what I found, and I'm getting older, I found out that the very things I say about the young people today are what the people said about me when I was a kid. Are you, I, can you ever, you ever, you ever, that ever cross your mind, you know, when you're on your, you know, out in your front yard and your boxers yelling at kids, right? Does that ever cross your mind? You're like yelling at the young people. You're like, you know, talking about, you know, how the skaters need to go home and everything. I mean, have you ever thought about that? That maybe the generations before me 
talked about me that way. <laughs> I mean, I, I believe that every generation always sees the, the good and the innocent of their day, but always see the evil and negative of today. That's just the way it is, isn't it, right? That's just the way we are. That's the way you move, and, and we see that. But it's, and the problems that we're facing and handling and seeing today, they're really not new, are they? They're just packaged a different way. You know, as you read history and you go through history, you realize that we're not too far off from, from history that was repeated or history that just happened not too long ago, and especially with our culture and some of the things that are happening. And, and even though we think, wow, that's new, that's a new thing, we've never seen that before. How many know God's seen it before? Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun and including problems, including human, human uh, nature and, and pro, you know, all these things. And even though you've got these new inventions, it doesn't change man's heart or nature, does it? But, you know, we look at the problems today and sometimes we, we tend to blame the youth. We tend to blame this present generation or the younger generation for the troubles of our culture and our society. And we kind of blame them a little bit. But, you know, if I saw a couple kids going down the street and, and they were kind of like, you know, being obnoxious and maybe even committing crimes. You know, I can't say, altogether I can't say they're the only problem. I have to say, where are their parents? Who, 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 I mean, where are these kids? Well, who's taking care of these kids? I mean, do you ever see just little tiny kids around the neighborhood? Little tiny kids. I mean, they're out, like, where are their parents? They don't have any shoes on. They don't have a shirt on. They, you know what I'm saying? Where are these parents, right? So we can't look at this present generation and totally say, well, they're to blame. Because honestly, if we look at this culture, we've got to ask, who's the one that's lying to them? Who's the one that's introducing them to new concepts? And, and even today, who's the one that's creating an environment for anger, loneliness, and perversion among young people? It's the adults. It's the older generation, isn't it? And even especially now, we're targeting, not, not, not just, you know, accommodating, we're targeting kids and young people in our society, just like they did in the Roman culture, that they targeted children and, and brainwashed them in perversion and raised them in cultures uh, and communities of perversion. We see that happening today. But how many know, we've got to say, it's not this generation, it's all the generations together need to take responsibility, amen, together, Right? And I believe that if we can look and see this, this generation and we can uh, state that, um, you know, that they're the problem, we have to understand something. And I've never thought about this until recently, that all the pressures of our culture come on young people. Did you know that? Adults, you can go to work, you can check in, check out, you can stay in your home, you don't have to do this. Come on, you can kind of ignore a lot of the things that are happening in our culture, can't you? Come on, how many know that? And the older you get, it seems like it's easier to ignore, Right? Uh, just the way it is. But they're faced with the pressure of our culture. They're the ones that have the pressure of the style and the music and the movies and this and that. And, the, and they're the ones that have that pressure of you need to set the tone for this culture and this generation. Amen. But I also believe that God's word has the solutions, the purpose, and the guidance that young people need. It's what they're looking for. Amen. How many believe that? It's God's word that people are looking for, that purpose and guidance and that mentoring and that, that fathering. It's coming through God's word. Well, how do you connect this generation and the promises of God? How do we do that? I believe it's through the church. Amen? Obviously, it's through families, but that's what we're talking about today is how we can become a generational church, how we do those things. And, and so really, I just wanted to 
just make this statement before we get into the word more, but God's promises are to each generation. They're not just for your generation. They're as mighty, as powerful, as strong in each generation. Amen? How many believe that? We laid hands on a little guy today, and God's covenant is just as strong with him. It is with his parents, or his grandparents, or his great-grandparents. In each generation, God, amen, keeps his promise. Amen? But how many also believe that God's plan is that his promises are passed down to each generation? God may be willing to keep his promise, but people have to know his promise. People have to walk in his promise and his covenant in order to receive the benefits and blessing of his promise. How many believe that? And so we're responsible to build a generational church. That's what God's plan is all about, is building a generational church. I don't even know how much of this I'm going to get through today. Honestly, I just was sitting there and I'm like, I'm going to have to cut out all this stuff and, and everything. But my heart's really full today. But I really feel like, and I'm just hoping I can communicate this um, as it's coming into my spirit, amen, as well. But I really believe that it's from generation to generation. And that my heart as, as really as a pastor is that more and more I've said, Lord, I want to be a generational church. I don't want to just say that we are. Come on, how many know that? How many have ever seen it? You say, well, we're a multi No, I want to be a generational church. I want to walk in the pattern of the covenant of the Lord. Amen. Let me just share with you a scripture. Amen. This was, as we mentioned, Abraham. Quickly, before I do that, let me, if you're taking notes, how do we uh, really see God's bigger plan and God's bigger picture about generation to generation? Three things I'm going to share with you today, hopefully get through most of it, and that is, Number one, make the connection. We've got to make the connection, right? And then number two, we've got to keep the church growing. That's up to us. We've got to keep it growing and thriving. And then we've got to build a generational church. So not only do we got to keep the church growing, but we've got to build that generational church and that, that process of multiplication, that process of, of continuing the promise of God in the earth. So to make the connection, let's go through that, to how that God really wants us to make that connection as a church to generation to generation. I believe that the connection that we are talking about today is God's covenant to each generation. So, number one, we have to see the, the perpetual promise. That's how you make the connection. Number one, you've got to see through Scripture and God's idea, God's heart, is the perpetual promise of the Lord. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 7. Let's look at that. I'm going to read it out of the New King James, actually. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 7. This is the Lord speaking to Abraham. He said, I will establish my covenant between you and me and your descendants after you in their generations. Notice that. In their generations. So that's not just father, grandfather, you know, son. That is everyone in between. <laughs> Amen? Right? So that's what he's saying. So their generations. For an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. In Genesis 9, going back, he says this, talks about the same promise. He said this, he described it this way, for a perpetual generations to come. For many, many 
generations. That word perpetual doesn't mean many generations. It's a continuing of the flow of the power of the covenant. So it's not just, you know, the covenant, but it's keeping. It's the power of that, and it's the life of it. And three times in the Old Testament, God says this. He said that he will keep his promises to the faithful for a thousand generations. That's pretty good, isn't it? For a thousand generations. Aren't you glad that when God spoke to Abraham, he had you in mind? Aren't you glad for that? God had us in mind, 2023. God knew, God knew everything that we'd been through as humanity and societies, amen. And God yet made this promise to humanity that he'll keep his covenant and he'll bless, amen, the inhabitants of the earth throughout generations. I don't know about you, but I want to see that blessing in my life and in my family, amen, from generations. And so we have to understand as we look at the covenant, not, again, this is uh, what I did today, just kind of took some points from the bigger uh, series. And so this is kind of a mini series of the bigger series, and then I'm going to cut the mini series today. I don't even know. All right, the covenant and of the Lord, as we look at this, and I said, Lord, you know, your covenant, one of the things I understand is that it has to be preserved, doesn't it? All through history, we can see that the covenant, the promise of God has to be preserved, has to be protected, and has to be proclaimed throughout the earth in every generation. That's why in Deuteronomy and in Leviticus, it says to parents, specifically fathers, you have got to teach your children. You've got to teach your children. Well, if I bring them to church and raise them on Christian TV, maybe they'll just turn out all right. No, you have to teach your children. And how do we do that? One of the things he gives us in Psalms 145, you talk about the Lord. You talk about his goodness in your life and in past generations, what he says in the scriptures, how God was faithful to Moses and Noah and Daniel and, and, and all those things. We've got to pass down, amen, the covenant that we have with God. Amen? Now, how many know, amen, just because you raise your kids in a Christian home, bring them to church, that doesn't make them Christian right? They've got to find God for themselves. So you've got to be the conduit that your children can actually discover God for themselves and they can have a relationship with the Lord. And then together you live out this covenant. You keep this covenant going in your family. Some of you can, can honestly say that I really don't know of a relative that's Christian in my family. I don't know too many, or maybe there's just a few, and, and, and I really didn't really know them, or I don't even know how many Christians are in my uh, lineage. I don't even know that. How many know that really doesn't matter? God wants to start with you. That's what's important. And so if God can start with one person, like Abraham, then he can move through other generations. And so how many know God, it just takes one man, amen, one faithful person in each generation. That's really what it takes. But we've got to preserve that and protect the covenant. See, God's word is that covenant that he makes with us and that we make to him. Did you know that we make that promise to God, don't we, when we get saved? I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. You're going to be my God. I'm going to worship nobody but you. I'm going to tell other people about Jesus, and I'm going to live my life, So, I, amen, until I get to heaven. Amen, right? We make that covenant, something like that, with the Lord. And, but one of the things we realize is that through this, and a point I want to make today, and I want to get this into your heart, is that all of us, all of us, whether you're a parent or you're not a parent, all of us have an obligation to keep this covenant and to pass it down. All of us. All of us. That's why witnessing is so powerful and important. Because we're passing on the covenant of God. 
We are relaying the message of God. Come on, somebody. Amen. And if that person gets saved, then their family could get saved. And there's a whole bunch of generation people right there that got saved and know God simply because you passed on the covenant of God, told somebody about God, and you're passing on to another generation who God is, right? And the goodness of God and the promise of God. One generation tells your works to another generation. Amen. And so we have that obligation. And as a church here at River Valley, you say, well, uh, uh, Pastor Matt, we have a great children's ministry. We have great children's directors and, and youth group, and that's great. And, and I believe that with all my heart. We have incredible directors and leaders and ministers here for our children. Amen? How many believe that? And our youth and things like that. But you know, that, that's, they're only to just provide a small portion of what you're supposed to be doing. They're only supposed to complement what you're supposed to be doing. They're only supposed to add just a little bit to what is already being established in their life in the home. Amen? Come on, that's, that's what it is. So don't look to the youth ministry and don't look to the children's ministry to be that only teacher and that instructor and guidance. Well, I took them to church and they should be all right. No, how many know that's, that's not good enough? Amen. So we understand that, but we'll do the best we can to provide amazing child care here and children's ministry and youth ministry. But how many know it's not up to them alone? It's up to all of us. It's up to all of us to have a generational church and to pass it down onto each generation, amen. And so this covenant of God, this promise of God is loaded with all the words of God and miracles and power and the power of his name and the power of his spirit. All the covenant is loaded with the blessings, right? But they're not, they, don't, they aren't alive. They're not continual unless we pass them down. Amen? Now, how many of God's good for his promise? But if, if we don't do our job, if we don't do our, uh, what we're supposed to do, this is part of God's promise, and I need to move on, but in, in uh, I believe it's in Judges, it opens up, and it, and it talks about the past generations, and one of the things it says, it tells a story of why God introduced Judges to Israel in the first place. He's because he said this, the scriptures say that after Joshua, Joshua was one that uh, uh, Moses led him out of Egypt, Joshua led him into the promised land. He was the captain of the army. He did amazing things, right? That was Joshua. But the Bible says that after Joshua died, there arose a generation that knew not the Lord. And their heart departed to, uh, from God. They did what was evil in the sight of God, and they worshiped the cultural gods in the land which they were. Somebody didn't pass down the truth. Somebody didn't pass down the covenant. Somebody didn't build a bridge. Somebody didn't build relationships with that generation. So parents, I don't know where the, what they were doing, but the Bible says that there arose a generation that knew not the Lord. And yet their parents are the ones that went into the promised land. Their parents are the ones that marched around Jericho. Their parents are the ones that fed on milk and honey and had grapes the size of saucer plates and all that, Right? And somehow they didn't pass down the goodness of God, the works of God, the teachings, the covenant of God to that generation. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so if you don't reach, it's not just about reaching my generation. And it's not even about reaching the next generation. According to the Bible, it's about reaching many generations. Many generations. Today, we lay hands on a, a, a child that it was the fourth generation of members of this church. And he's a member, by the way. He didn't know it, but he's a member. Anyways, right? Isn't that a blessing? But how many know we're not into four? We're into eight and 16 and 32. I mean, we're into many generations, amen. 
many generations. That's what it's about. The OC, the Outreach Center, isn't about me. It's not my vision. It's not even about my kids. It's about my great, great, great grandkids. That's what it's about. The Outreach Center isn't about me and we're going to do this and everything. It's about the children that are in kids ministry this morning downstairs hearing about Jesus. It's about the youth that are attending Thursday night youth meetings. It's about them and how that God's going to use them and raise them up. And they're going to become the evangelist pastors and teachers and apostles and prophets. And they're going to do amazing things for God. Amen. Because it's generation to generation. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you today. Think in terms of multiple generations. Many generations. Perpetual promises of God are not just for you, but they are for many, many generations. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul says, you know, I, I thank the Lord. There was a, I, I knew your grandmother. She was a woman of God. Loved her faith. And somehow it really impacted your mom. Your mom was, uh, I, I really, I mean, her ministry was amazing. And he said, that same faith, I see it in you Timothy I see the same why because there was a grandmother that taught somebody how to pray there was a grandmother that talked about the covenant of God there was a mother who spent time with her children amen talking about this is who God is and this is what his will is for your life and this is what we this is how we worship this is how we pray this is how we make decisions this is how we do church Then he just doesn't go there. He mentions three generations. He goes to a fourth generation and he says, from your life, Timothy, you raise up young men. You reach the next generation. Isaiah saw in Isaiah chapter six, he said, Lord, thank God you took me out of a generation that was filthy and unclean and you put the fire of God in my mouth. He said, but that's not good enough. I, I live in a generation that's dirty and perverted and twisted and crooked and criminal. I want you to do something with them. Amen. Amen. And that's how it happens not good enough that God moved in your day, in your generation. That's not good enough. It's not good, uh, good enough that God moved in my day and my generation. We need to have a heart that God, you've got to do it again in this generation, again today with these children, with these teenagers, with these young couples, Lord, you've got to do it again. Your covenant has got to be perpetual. Amen. Amen. And so that's the heart of God. I want to give you that this morning. Just that heart that this has to be from generation to generation. We can't just put all the work on one person or one ministry. We have to all take responsibility. We've all got to come to the place that we say, wow, if I'm not reaching back to the next generation, then what I have, all the things I've did doesn't really mean anything. My life really doesn't mean anything. I like what uh, author uh, Bishop Dale Bonner said. He said, legacy is not what you have achieved, but what you have set in motion. He goes on to say, that he said this, that people think that their accomplishments and achievements are their legacy. But if it dies with you, it's history. Think about it. Only if it continues beyond you through others, then it becomes legacy. Legacy is not about the past. Legacy is about the future. Amen. Some people leave behind a great history, but not a legacy. That's what I'm talking about. That's, see, God's talking about a legacy. The, 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 um, the relationship, the covenant that we have with God. That's the legacy God wants us to leave with each generation. Amen. And not when you're dead. Oh, by the way, son and grandchildren, I wanted to talk to you about Jesus, amen? But man, right now, (laughs) right now, 
You've got children. You've got grandchildren. You've got nieces and nephews. You've got people in your neighborhood that you're mentoring. You've got people you're influencing. Man, this is the time right now to unpack this generation. Amen. And so, again, I I just want to share something. i got to move on. As people, we're constantly moving forward with our age group. Did you ever notice that? That's just who we are. We tend to, I like what T.F. Tenney said years ago. He said that you can always tell somebody that, you know, they kind of stop when they're 15, 16 years old. That's where their music style, their style, it kind of stops right there. And that's all they talk about, high school when they're young, right? And everything, and they're 50. And they're they're like talking about 15, right? Why? Because we tend to move with our age group. Pastor that starts a church, he's maybe 30 years old, and the congregation is maybe in their 20s or teens. Guess what happens with that whole church? They move together in their age group. And if they're not careful, all they do is minister to that age group, make sure they're releasing and ministering and equipping that age group, but they ignore the younger generations, and there could be two or three generations in their church that are totally ignored. Right? That's just the way it happens. So what we have to do is we have to say, Lord, we've got to, if your covenant is perpetual, then what we do as a church has got to be perpetual. We've got to keep doing it. Right? How many of you have got to do it? How many, thank God that, you know, uh, some of you, you're, you're, you, maybe you were farmers, your grandparents are farmers. Aren't you glad that they didn't just have one crop of corn in their lifetime? I mean, no, it's every year, every year, every year. You had to do it, you had to do it. That's how you live. You gotta say, and the church, if we don't have the next generation coming up, if we aren't pouring into the next generation, guess what's gonna happen, right? Come on, amen. And so one of the things, uh, quickly, is that each generation, this is the thing, uh, the process is that we've gotta reach back. The older generation, we've gotta reach back. The younger generation needs to reach up. See, if there's no reaching back, then there'll be no stepping up and there'll be no moving forward as the church. So we've got to constantly be reaching back as the older generation. And the younger generation has to be constantly reaching up to the older generation. Can somebody say amen? And then that's how we move forward. And I believe if we don't reach back, if we don't raise up young people, and if we don't do this and make a generational church, then churches will die. That's exactly what they're going to do. They're just going to wither and die. They're going to, the doctrines will fade. Foundations will erode. Program, I mean, all the things. And then what they do is they try to just keep doing new programs, new programs. And they're not reaching the younger generation the way they're supposed to. And then they find themselves, uh, I'm sorry, but it happens. You're just a bunch of uh, white-headed people sitting around in a room thinking, wow, the glory days were great. But what's going to happen when we're gone? Right? So we've got to keep this thing going. We've got to, it's a continual building. It's a continual uh, maintaining of that strength and health of the church, of the younger generation coming on, the older generation, amen, doing what God's called them to do, amen. And so I want to just encourage you, so make that connection. That's the first thing. The second thing is we've got to see generational strengths. We've got to see generational strengths. So a lot of us, most of us, I would say, our habit is to look at the generational weaknesses, Right? We look at the differences in generational and then we count those as weaknesses, not strengths. How many know what I'm talking about? I believe generational strengths or the differences in generation can become strengths. And that's the way the Bible teaches us to look at these. And, and there's differences. How many know, I always joke with my kids, like they have no idea, like if I put a rotary phone in front of them, they don't even know what that means, right? Like what do I do? Like, what is this contraption? The only way they know about it is through TikTok now. Thanks God, you know, thanks to TikTok, they know how to do a rotary phone. Other than that, it's like, what is this, right? 
And I kind of like that. I kind of like those things. Like I had eight track, right? And we brag about that. But there's the differences that we have and the differences that we share, right? But how many know those differences should not become bridges between us or walls between us? They should be strengths. That's the plan of God. And so when we look at God's bigger picture, um, we see the differences in the generations. And those differences can become strengths in each generation. I want to just let you know that today. Amen. And so they can become strengths today. And God's design is that the older teach the younger. Isn't that God's design? The older teach the younger. Amen. And, and so God never intended that children lead the adults. God never intended that, um, that God never intended that the children are neglected either. How <laughs> I many you know God never intended that your children should lead you? Today, parents don't even know how to parent anymore. Because the children is parenting them. The children is leading the house. They're just letting the kids, however they feel, whatever they want to do. I don't know, look at him. He's smashing up the store. I mean, it's crazy, but, right? Whatever he feels, whatever he feels, if he wants to be a guy, girl, animal. I mean, come on, you know, I, I, what do I have to say in this? I mean, who am I? You're the parent. It's called a parent for a reason. God designed children to be parented. Not parents to be led by their children. We don't do that. That's not the biblical way. We teach the younger. The younger learn from the older. Come on. Until they come to a place where they teach. That's God's process. And so that's the way it is. And in Joel chapter 2 and Acts chapter 2, this was a profound, mind-blowing, revolutionary idea that God was introducing in his covenant. And that was, I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. Your sons, which he started with, the kids. He started with the teenagers. Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Oh, well, I thought there was going to be the old guys and Elijah's and all that stuff and Moses and everything. They're the prophets. No, he said, I'm raising up a new breed of prophets. I'm moving on the young people. Why? Because I've always had the young people in mind. I've always had the young people in mind with my covenant. It's not just for you, but this thing's for your children and your children's children. Amen. So you know what that meant on the day of Pentecost? The adults were getting filled with the Holy Ghost. The kids were getting filled with the Holy Ghost. The grandparents were doing the shout. Everybody was receiving the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it was God's plan. It was God's idea. And he said it in the Old Testament and he made it happen in the New Testament and that covenant lives on today. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. It was the older and the younger together. The differences became a strength. Amen. Notice what he said. They're going to prophesy. They're going to have dreams. They're going to have vision. All this is going to be to build the church, to lead my people, amen, to where I'm going in the future. But you have to have all the generations together, moving together, making the connections. Come on, building those things and seeing the generational differences in strength. Amen. Hallelujah. And so in the uh, congregation of generations, there's that strength. And see, what happens is it brings an addition to our capabilities and our opportunities. That's what's so good about it. Amen. And, and uh, I'm just going to go through this quickly. Is that uh, what, what do adults have <laughs> that youth don't have? And all the adults are like, everything? I don't think so. Right? And so what, what do the youth have that adults don't have? <laughs> Nothing. Right? Here they is. It's a few things. You can make this list really long. But see, what do the, the adults have that youth don't have? We have life experience. We have a different perspective. We have resources and we have opportunity. But what do the youth have that adults don't have? They have time. Some of you are like, uh, that's a good one. I didn't think of that. Right? 
Time's slipping, isn't it? They have time, opportunity. They have innocence for the most part. They have zeal. They have connections, right? I mean, think about it. If you want to reach the younger generation, what do you do? You got to reach a young person. (laughs) Get a hold of, you know, through your kids. There's that connection. And so they have a lot to offer. And we just need to see that. And so many, many times in the Old Testament, just want to throw this principle out. We got to move forward. Many times in plowing in the Old Testament, they used oxen together. And a lot of times when they were plowing, they would use an older and a younger ox together. Did you know that? They would use, why? Because it represented something. It was the, the older one uh, uh, represented the experience. The younger one had the strength. And together they had to do it together, yoked together. They had to make that connection together, right? I like to call it the wisdom of the older and the wonder of the younger. They had to have it. They had to have the strength and the wisdom together. Amen. The younger would want to run off and, and just kind of go all over the field, but the older one knew this is, he, he, he was learned and conditioned. This is how you're going to do it. This is what we're going to do. But it took the strength because sometimes after a while his, his joints ached and he's been doing it for so long that man, and he had that zeal of that younger one. Amen. So how many believe that's a picture of what it takes in a local church? We've got to have the younger and the older working together. Amen? So we need to make the connection. We need to uh, see the differences of strength. And then we've got to fill in the gaps. And we've got to tear down the walls. We've got to fill in the gaps and tear down the walls. And, and, and like I said, there's that game show that's coming up. It's called Generational Gaps or Generation Gaps. How many of you heard that word? Generation Gap. There's that generation gap, right? There's that 25-year gap or 20-year gap. Man, that a lot's happened in 20 years, right? A lot's happened in 20 years. There's that gap. Amen. But I believe as the church, we need to be gap fillers. We can't have any gaps in the church. We can't wait 30 years for the next pastor. Come on, somebody. You can't wait 30 years for God to use somebody else. You can't wait 30 years for, you know, I'm sure Brother Michael could do it. We can't wait 30 years for just another person that can sing, right? Or another worship. We've got to continually bring people along and continuing to raise people up and developing and raising and keeping that covenant alive, right? We can't have any generation gaps in the church. That's where these churches are making such a disconnect. Everything's about whether it's whether it's all about the kids or young people and they lose all the older people. Or it's all about the older people and that generation, what God did, and they lose all the young people. We can't have any generation gaps. Come on, somebody. We've got to fill in the gaps and tear down the walls. And the difference is in, in between the older and, and, and younger. And I know a lot of people don't like to talk about that because, oh, when well, you talk about it, then you cause division. No, what you do is you simply make aware to each generation generation the differences and then we say okay now we can work there right amen but if we don't talk about it and we we continue to have these gaps and and these walls that are built up and people wonder why 60 percent of the young people are leaving the church and most of them leaving the faith amen but people um let me just say this that the differences don't have to be gaps. They don't have to leave these gaps. The difference between us, um, they can be used to build bridges and a stronger future, amen, and, and, and they hinder growth and development in the church. Many people don't see that, and it's well, so important that we're talking about this today, and I need to move along, but I believe that, um, as one author said, we're just one generation away from extinction, <laughs> all right? We're just one generation away from extinction. I don't know about that, but I do know this, that it only took nine generations from creation to the flood. They had become so wicked, so far from God, that God had to bring catastrophic flood to wipe everyone out. I mean, you know, that's not that long, is it? 
Not that long is it in the, in the timeline and scope of things. Amen. And so I believe that as we really look to these things today and we talk about um, tearing down these walls and these gaps, I believe that there's criticisms that are of, in both generations. There's criticisms that, that adults make about, older people make about young people. There's criticisms that older people make about young people. And we won't get anything personal today. <laughs> but what we will talk about is some of the things I've heard about teenagers is that they're rebellious, they're wild, they're lazy, they're out of control, they're disrespectful, they're disinterested, they're disconnected. That's some of the things I've heard about young people, right? That's just kind of common, isn't it, right? You hear that. But you also hear this from teenagers. Adults are boring, they're mean, they're strict, they're out of touch, they're old-fashioned, they're ignorant, and they're into themselves. I mean, that, that's what you hear. See, all the adults are like, really? They said that about me? Oh, yeah. They're talking at the water cooler big time about you, right? Amen. But here's what it breeds. It breeds threats. The generations are threatened by each other. There's fear there. There's division. There's rebellion. How I many know that's not of God? That's not of the Lord. But what's of the Lord is unity and love and respect and honor. Amen? Amen? And our, here's our temptations. I gotta go through this. Here's our temptations as older people. You could lose the vision for the future and wanna go back to the past. Here's your temptation as a young person. You can not appreciate the past and have little vision for the future. Amen. And so what do we wanna do? We wanna build walls and close gaps. And again, I'm just giving a little brief summary of that. And fourthly is that we wanna build generational relationships. That's what we wanna do. That's our goal. That's what we should be doing. That's what the Bible teaches. Build generational relationships. And let me just go through a couple of these with you. Is number one, not just build a bridge, be the bridge. Be the bridge between generations. Don't just build it, be the bridge. Fill in the gaps. Come alongside young people. Come alongside older people. Break down stereotypes. Understand before you criticize. Build relationships with somebody before you criticize. Amen? If you, you don't know those kids, you don't know those teenagers or young people or kids and what they're going through, what their home life is like, what the past has been like, before you criticize, amen, start making connections with them. Start building relationships with them. Bring something to the table, amen? Some of you guys need to bring something to the table, amen? You say, well, I, I don't know, young people, I'm so out of touch. Are you kidding? You were a teenager not too long ago. It doesn't really change that much. It's all about hair and sneakers, really? I mean, come on, it really doesn't change that much, amen? And today, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, this generation is not, you know, afraid to get into all kinds of styles. I mean, you see styles from the 70s, the nappy hair from the 70s, you remember that? And his big bushy hair, you see, whatever, you just, you see it all, right? And so I love that about this generation. So there's ways to connect there, but it's important that we bring something to the table. That we actually bring something to the table with our kids. And, and we're just not the type of parent that, oh, well, you know, once they're out of diapers, pfft, I'm not, I can't relate, you know, I'm not a good person, you know, I'm not a good parent. How many know we've got to keep building bridges, we've got to keep being that bridge and breaking down and keep bringing something to the table. We need to become a strength, not a weakness to this generation. We need to build relationships and change mindsets and make connection points and, and we need to be uh, that example uh, to, the, the, to this generation. Let me just give you uh, one example I was thinking about is um, how many have uh, still living grandparents? Still living, or how many, they're past maybe, but how many had a good relationship with your grandparents? Maybe one side or the other, just a grandparent or grandparents. What, it, what was it about them? Was it their style? <laughs> Probably not. 
Grandpa wore those glasses that wrapped around his head, the sweater when in the summer, you know what I'm saying? The fishing hat. You know, it just, it, there was, the style wasn't there. You didn't make connection on the style. Come on. How many remember your grandparents? Most of the time they were like still wearing stuff they wore when they were 15 and they were 20 or whatever, and they were older. How about their house? Did you make connection to going to their house? You loved their house because it was so styled, it was so modern, it was so, so up to date. If, if, most of you remember going as a kid, they didn't have video games there. And you're lucky if your, kids, your grandparents even had a TV, right? How many have grandparents like that? It's like, I don't, we don't have a computer around here. I don't even know what one of those are. I don't know. You can't even get a Wi-Fi signal at your grandparents. But you love going there. That's a miracle today, isn't it? What, what draws you to them? What, what makes your grandmother's house so special? What makes going to see uh, grandma, you know, or grandpa, man, I love grandma. What was that? What was that? It was the relationship they had with you. When, they, when you came, they were glad to see you. You know, my wife's grandparents, are, are on her, her dad's side, they'd put out the candy they liked. They'd fill the fridge with the soda they liked and all this, you know, the snacks they liked. And they knew exactly what they liked. And I know that's cool when you go there. I don't care if you're a teenager that like is like up on all the cultural stuff. When you go there, it's awesome. You may not tell your friends. You didn't have Wi-Fi, but it's, it's really cool, right? There's relationship there. And that's what's the secret in the church. You can, you can be older, you can be in here for years and there's new people coming in and young people coming in and, and you say, I don't even know relate. I didn't live that lifestyle. I haven't been there I don't, for so long. I, I don't know how to relate. It's just the relationship that connects you. That's what makes it so special when you come to church. That's what makes it such a family atmosphere. It's not that everybody talks my language, it is my style, it, is my, it doesn't matter what it is. It's the relationship, isn't it? Amen. It's that relationship of the grandparents. They, it's that relationship over title and position and age that made a difference in your life. Amen? Amen. And so I, I just wanted to throw this out that we can relate to young people, not based on the trends or styles or culture, but you can uh, relate because spiritual principles are timeless. How many lo- love is timeless? Love is timeless. And vision and values are never the victims of passing fads. God's principles are timeless. That's what makes your grandparents so amazing. Love is timeless. I mean, their furniture went out 40 years ago, right? But the love they showed, it's just up to date. It's so fresh, right? That's what makes it so good. And I want to encourage you to do that. And I want to encourage you to, let's work alongside other generations. And because when we do that, there's no comparison. There's no competition. There's no pride. And that's what the Lord wants in his church, isn't it? Amen. In closing, I just want to share a couple other points that are, um, if you're taking notes, and we're going to skip through this. Number two, first of all, it was making the connection. Number two, it's keeping the church growing. We talked about that. And the key word is there is discipleship. I'm going to share this in a few weeks. Discipleship. That is so key in the church. And so we're going to keep the church growing. And we do that through teaching and training. That's what the Bible says. We do that through mentoring or fathering. We do that through equipping and releasing, and then we see multiplication. We do that through multiplication or producing. Amen. So that's, that's what we're going to share in a few weeks, but that's, that's part of uh, keeping the church growing. And that's part of generation to generation. All of us have a responsibility to keep the church growing. That's why the Lord wants you to understand your gifts and your callings that God has for you and what you can bring to the table and how you can serve in the church because it's all about keeping the church growing. How many believe that? Amen. And then this last point is building a generational church. And the, reason, the way that we do that is you've got to 
some mindsets have got to shift. Some of these mindsets that have been ingrained in us have got to change. We've got to have a perspective change. So there's two things here. You've got to have a perspective change and a biblical strategy. You've got to have a Bible strategy to build a generational church. We're going to talk about that in a few weeks. Amen. How many believe that? There's a mindset shift. And God wants us to have those things because really what happens is is if we don't, Amen. We could be like, the Bible says, that church in the wilderness. Constantly wanting to go back to the past. Constantly wanting to go back where they were comfortable. Constantly wanting to make it about them. Constantly testing God and not wanting to move forward. They didn't like change. They didn't like what God wanted to do. Something new. They didn't like that. How many know we want to be that church? We want to be a church that's growing. We want to be a church that's healthy. And you know, the only way that we can really do that is we've got to see the younger people and the older people come together. Amen? I mean, how many have ever heard that when you were a kid? Young people, uh, children need to be seen and not heard. But according to God's word, amen, they've got to have a place to, par- a, 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 a place to be, right? And a, and a place to, to be here in the church. And so I believe that's so important, isn't it? Amen? And so uh, just in the next few weeks, we're going to be sharing about this. But um, as we stand on our feet, I just want to share one thing in closing. So let's stand on our feet today. I'm telling you, I could go on. And you know I could. I'm just really, certain parts of this resonate to me so much. Again, I just feel like I was redigging some old wells in my life, and if I can say that, but how many know it's time for this generation to redig some wells? It's time that they get a hold of God and get a hold of prayer and get a hold of the Word, begin to become and see God move in their life. You know, it was one thing that you saw God, you know, in Egypt, uh, you know, you saw, uh, you know, God move and the plagues in Egypt and, and the miracle crossing the Red Sea. But there arose a generation that they had their own miracles. They saw water coming out of rock, manna coming from heaven. Man, there was a generation of God wanted to show himself to them. And how many knows, we moved in, they moved into the promised land. Th- their parents and that generation before them, they saw the water come from the rock, the manna come from heaven. But now all of a sudden, you're going to see the walls of Jericho come down. You're going to see armies slaughtered in the middle of the night by angels. You're going to see amazing things. How many know God wants every generation to see his mighty hand? Amen. And the way that this is going to happen, not if we just sit around and complain about them, younger people or older people, not if we just sit around and say, well, they just need to grow up or they need to step up or they just need to get with it. How many know there is this making the connection that we've got to do? There's this building of a generational church we've got to do. There is this keeping the church growing type deal that needs to go on. Amen. So I'm excited about what the Lord has for us and our church. And I really believe that. Um, you know, and many people are like, oh, that's it. He just wants everybody to be young. No, we're all going to be together. We're just growing in this thing together. Amen. And so one of the things I just want to share is this biblical strategy. We've got to have a biblical strategy because we can, you know, have like, okay, well, how are we going to reach the youth? Well, let's have a concert. Let's do like, you know, let's bring in, you know, wrestling. Let's do, you know, kangaroo boxing. I mean, we can do all this thing. How many know those things are fun. They're great, but that's not the biblical strategy. I mean, what I'm talking about, right? This last week, I, I really, uh, I don't know, I was going through some of my old um, sermons on, on iTunes and just, uh, I ran across um, probably one of my favorite preachers, one of, grown up and somebody that was very impactful in my life in the youth ministry and that was Steve Fox. And I heard this message of Brother Steve Fox back in 2007, he came and preached in our youth group and, 
you know, just, I remember sitting there and just seeing so stirred. He had a way to, man, after you heard a sermon, you wanted to go out and like, you know, as he said, it kicked tail. I mean, you wanted to go out and do something. You wanted to like, you know, it was amazing. I love that. And um, he just gave me a, a strategy in youth ministry that worked for us for years, you know, and, and, and thank God for my dad, my mom, and then over there, they gave me such wisdom and principles that we built the ministry by, but there's just that generational thing where you can just give somebody something, say something to somebody that changes their whole life, and it's biblical strategy. It's the way God speaks, right? Amen. Why? Because we can't fight tomorrow's war with yesterday's strategies. We just can't do it. God didn't do it that way in the, in the Bible, and so here's what we have to do is biblical strategies. We'll talk about this in a few weeks and beginning to un- unpack this in our leadership, and that is to share the vision. We've got to share the vision with the younger generation. We've got to share in the workload with the younger generation, and we've got to share in the reward with the younger generation. You know why? Because if we share the vision with them, here's what's going to happen. They're going to share in the fight with us. If you let them give them the sense that you share in this vision, you share in the work, you share in the reward. Amen. Oh, that's crazy, isn't it? Amen. How many know they're going to share in the fight? Amen. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 21, I want to leave you with the scripture. The Bible says to him or Jesus to be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever. Amen. So God wants to there to be a glory in the church. And I believe what he's talking about is a generational blessing in the church. When the church isn't just about one age group moving forward and just ministering to one class of people, one type, one age, but when they're reaching out to all generations and looking at the book of Joel and the book of Acts and, say, and saying, wow, this is how we do it. I mean, I believe that God is going to be glorified in the church. How many can say amen? And so let's make that connection. Let's keep the church growing and build a generational church so that Jesus Christ can be glorified and that the church can continue to grow. Amen? Because the Bible said he's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, a victorious church, a thriving church, a healthy church. Amen? And hey, no, we want to do our part in our generation, in our city, in this church. Amen? How many raise your hands and say, I want to do my part, amen? I want to see a generational blessing. I want to see a generational revival. I don't want to see just one little swell of a movement. I want to see a perpetual move of God that goes from generation to generation, amen, that does not stop because God's covenant does not stop. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your principles of your word. And I just pray that as we share today and as I shared, Lord, I pray that you would just, can you speak to our hearts, Lord? Speak to... How can we uh, uh, bring something to the table? What can we bring to the table? How can we fulfill our part in making this a generational church? What bridges can we uh, build? What walls can we tear down? What gaps can we fill? How can we, in, even in this city, in this community, what can we do, Lord, to be a generational church that you'll be glorified, that your covenant and your promise and your blessing will continue and perpetually move in our day, in our generation, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen Amen and amen.